guys. Thank you for joining us. This is Chris Emke. And this is Anthony. Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. Short notice. Dude, glad to be here. Glad you know, to be here. Sometimes, you know, I just, I can't rely on Paul. No. I just, I can't do it. None of us A lot can. of us can't, yeah. You know, it's, it is what it is. Little recap, last week, me and Paul talked about uh, some of the differences through the generations of the Duramaxes. Uh, we covered LB7, the LLY, the LBZ. Um, some Duramax enthusiasts consider that the golden era of trucks just because they were, you know, <laughs> pre-DEF, pre-DPF, you know, all the good stuff. But some of them had EGR. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, let's just kind of, you know, pick it up from there. Um, you know, we covered 01 to early 07 trucks. So that leaves us into the next RPO, which would be the LMM truck. Yep, exactly. So give our listeners a little bit of background. Uh, what what changed in the LMM platform versus the LBZ platform? I mean, the biggest thing, I mean, everyone's physically going to see, right, is the yeah. body change. I think when guys are, especially if guys mint are calling. Mint body mod. Oh, mint body <laughs> mod. Um, when guys, I mean, it reminds me of when guys call in and they say they have an 07. I mean, the first yeah. thing we ask is, is it a classic or a new body style? New body or old body. Exactly. Yep. I mean, so you, you physically have, I mean, a whole the interior's different, the body lines, everything's different. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, the elephant in the room, it's the first generation of the DPF yeah. for those trucks. So from an, you know, from an engine RPO standpoint, it goes from LBZ to LMM, a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the engine architecture, the long block, block heads, even the ECM, you know, it goes from an A to a B, you know, the E35A, E35B, but um, the injector, they change the the nozzle count for emissions purposes, yep. um, similar EGR system, LBZ to LMM, and then they, you know, like you said, introduced a DPF, and then a slightly smaller turbocharger, believe it or not, yes. you know, from the years. Similar power output, nothing really changed there. Um What's your take? Have you driven a lot of like stock LMM trucks before or have anything to compare to in that aspect? Yes and no. And I say that because, I mean, how many times have you seen an LMM that wasn't modified yeah. at this rate? I mean, it's somewhere like you go to the older trucks, like when's the last time you drove an LB7 that didn't have a tuner, didn't have anything on right. there? So, I mean, yes, I've driven them. It's been a while, but I mean, in short, yes, I've like, I've driven enough LBZs to be able to compare the two. And like you're saying, they're very different, but they're also very similar. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of aftermarket parts where it's like, okay, what RPOs do they fit? And they put LBZ slash LMM. LMM. Yep. Now, I always, you know, consider, I like the LMM platform myself. It, it, it's a cool truck. A couple of my close friends, as we started getting into this, had the LMM. So, you know, it's like there's some familiarity to that. Um, but from the Duramax enthusiast perspective, I've always kind of felt like the LMM is kind of like the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Like, it's a it's the first gen, you know, DPF full emission truck, non DEF yet, but you know, DPF EGR. They were still trying to figure out some of the bugs, you know, in some of the earlier trucks. Um, you know, so for a factory truck, like you drive it, not as impressive as the L- LBZ in any way, shape, or no, form. You not know, at stock all. to stock. Um, but you know, the the truck itself kind of has its own place. You know, mm-hmm. I guess you could say in the lineup. Um, but it was really unique because you know the the, L, the LMM they ran that from 07 and a half to ten no real changes throughout the years not just, really no you know, all very similar and then 2011 comes in the next RPO which is the LML and there's a ton of changes massive yeah you know with the LML um, body lines you know like you mentioned in the LMM that pretty much stayed the same from 11 mm-hmm. to 14 you know in the LML world there was a body line um, improvement you know 15 16 but you know from 11 to 16 same body or uh, sorry. Same power plant, yeah. Know, engine trans, so you know Allison six speed, six point six Duramax truck. Um, 
What are some of the things that you think were different on those that the LMM didn't have, and what are some of the benefits and improvements over that platform? I mean, a couple of things I noticed, and I should say, I mean, being on the support side when I first started, I mean, I did all the switch installs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you physically have a different ECM. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, switch installs are totally different. Um, the turbocharger is different. You know, uh, you know, for the VVT and LML, you have a different compressor cover. You have a different bolt pattern for the backing plate. I mean, physically, you can see the difference on like the turbocharger, yeah. um, and then of course again the elephant in the room you had the dpf with the lmm now you've got def on the 11 plus trucks yep. um like you said still an allison six speed there's that cutoff for the interior change or just truck change on yep. 15 16. so i mean there's a handful of physical changes and then of course you fall into some of the maybe smaller stuff that kind of flies under the radar under the hood that you typically wouldn't see yeah some of the more technical stuff, you know, from 01 to 10, they went to a solenoid-based Bosch injector, okay? Um, and then in 2011 to 16, they went to a piezo injector. Uh, the way the electronic currents control that injector was different, mm-hmm. and the piezo injector was actually a little bit more of a reliable injector, um, along with a little bit more of an accurate injector. Yeah. And you have the injector pump, right? We get a bunch of these calls in at the shop Absolutely. from 01 to 16, or sorry, 01 to 10. It was a CP3 pump. What changed in the 2011s? Now we've got the CP4. I mean, everybody that I've ever talked to just absolutely loves the CP4. I think with a smile on your face. Saying exactly, that. <laughs> right? I mean, I think you talk about um, referencing back to the LMM, you say it's like the black sheep of the family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even when I first saw them, I'm like, these trucks, I hate the body lines, but, you know, they, they hold a special place, I should yeah. say. And, the CP4s do get a lot of shit in the aftermarket. I mean, that's why people have conversion kits. They have disaster kits. Yeah. Again, the guys over at XG Performance have the fuel system savers. So 11 was eleven to 16 was the first, I should say, generation of the CP4. So, I mean, that's one of the big changes on the fuel system as yeah. well that everybody knows about. No, and it's, it's cool to look at, you know, look back on fuel systems and you think, like, the CP3 style injector pump was 01 to 10. And the injection pressure in a 01 to 05 truck was roughly like 23,000. And then in 06 to 2010, it went up to 26,000. Then the CP4 pump comes out, and now injection pressure is 29,000. Yeah. Right? So they're just, it's ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. And the CP4 pump was designed to support some of that higher volume or higher pressure. It just didn't have the volume support. Yeah. You know, so some of the internal workings, you know, just weren't robust enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the filter, I think, is something to note in an LML because the DPF filter itself is literally twice the size yeah. of what it is in an LMM and just the whole design of ninth injector in the downpipe for the after treatment. Then it goes into a catalytic converter, def injector, boom, into the filter itself. They they really impressed a lot of you know the aftermarket with how that design is and Without getting too much shade, you know, yes, there's issues with trucks, moving parts, this and that, but a lot of the issues that you saw in the LMMs didn't necessarily exist in the LMLs, um, you know, aside from the new introduced uh, piece of equipment, which is the DEF system, mm-hmm. which, you know, we get calls on it, we get questions on it all the time. Yeah, and so. I think that's something that it shows, yes, the first generation had its issues in, you know, keeping with that emissions theme it shows that they learn, right? Yeah. They they take the feedback, they realize, hey, here's the pitfalls, here's the shortcomings, how can we make that, you know, essentially better? How can we improve on that? And I think regardless of the platform, we've seen that from all the manufacturers moving forward into the, the newer stuff every single yeah. year. Yeah. So the LML platform then, that ended in 2016? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
what happened after? Now we got the L5P. Now okay. we got a we got a we got a different power power plant. I mean, we have a different turbocharger, different injector style. Like again, we're swapping the RPO. So I mean, a lot of things are going to be changing that year. I mean, it's going to carry the same body style. Other than the hood is the big thing that I mean, you have the whole hood scoop. You can see that right on the front. Pretty nasty looking. Pre- pretty aggressive yeah. looking, especially with a nice set of wheels and tires. It'll it'll yeah. offset that nice. Um, <clears throat> But you have the different motor. Um, you still have the six-speed Allison uh, up until 19. Um, and I mean, if just that's the first generation of L5P. You have a different. Uh, you don't have the CP4 anymore. You have the HP4 pump, and I really don't hear a lot of issues about those. Yeah. I know. I mean, there's no like disaster kits or anything like that. So right. I mean, it's it's a pretty robust platform from everything we've seen and everything that I've heard yeah. and we've done. Some of the technical stuff there. You know, you think back at the 01 to 16. 04 and a half through 16 all ran Garrett variable vane turbos. Prior to that, it was the iHi and the LB7. Mm-hmm. And in the L5P platform, 17 plus, they go to a Borg Warner, right? With a big old solenoid, you know, big actuator old sitting on, on top. You know, the turbocharger is very unconventional compared to some of the other trucks. The cool thing I always saw is they have, uh, instead of the exhaust housing being part of the pedestal, they actually have a pedestal in the valley, and then the turbo mounts to that pedestal, which we've seen with the techs here at the shop. It, it makes it makes the truck a little bit more service-friendly, yeah. you know, servicing that. Um, the turbocharger doesn't sit directly in the back of the motor. It actually sits in the middle of the engine, so it's a little bit you know easier to get to. Mm-hmm. They go to a solenoid base injector again from the piezo style. Yep. So they ran the piezo specific in the LML, but the HP4 pump they still run that at a at a much higher injection pressure, similar to the LML. Yeah, I mean you're gonna be you're gonna be up on the thirty yeah. thousands around that yep. point. I mean get, every truck now it's, I feel like can, pressures get higher and higher every RPO for atomization. Yeah, you know, if that's everything, they downsize the filter, the DPF. Mm-hmm. So the filters actually come down some. Um, but in theory, you know, as you are able to crank up injection pressure and you're able to atomize the fuel, you're hoping for a cleaner burn. So the canister, the filter doesn't have to be as big. The EGR system is pretty robust on that yeah. thing. Um, one thing that, you know, it, until you see an engine on the stand and you really start to understand the the makeup and the architecture of it, you know, you don't truly get to see that in black and white. But in the in the older trucks, you have the EGR attached to the uppipe, mm-hmm. right? In the L5P, the EGR cooler attaches to the manifold on the passenger side. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, like you said, when, until you see it out of the yep. motor, like on an engine stand, it's neat to see the architecture design. Because, yep. I mean, I think a lot of us before the L5P came out had that, okay, they've been doing the same thing for so long. 6.6 this is, liter, it, it is you know, what it, it is. is. Exactly, it is what it is. You know, that's what it's going to be. And then they come out with this whole different design. And then the intake plenum is totally different as well. Yep. You talk about the cylinder and the turbo. The vane has a cage this time yep. instead of just sitting on the uh, on the exhaust housing of the turbocharger. It, they redesigned a whole bunch of stuff on there, and it's neat to see it. Yep. So that's 1719. You still have a six-speed Allison, right? Six-speed Allison been in those trucks for years, yeah. you know, from 06 to, you know, 19, right? And then 2020 comes, right? L5P still, but it comes with the 10-speed. So new vo- new body, revamp, right? Um, but we go to a 10-speed Allison, and, and that trans is a joint venture between GM and Ford, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, We've we played with those transmissions over at the shop here for for a few years now, especially on the Ford side of things. Played with some shift kits and whatnot on the GM side, since the controller for the GM isn't supported at this point in time. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start with my, my first impression. You know, coming from 
earlier trucks, you know, you get into a five speed to a six speed. It's like, oh, there's that extra gear. There's more movement, right? Mm-hmm. Now you go from a six speed to a 10 speed. Like if for me, it's, it's really hard to kind of get used to it. There's it is. always something going on down there. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree. You, you have that giant, I mean, I'll, I'll call it a giant jump. You have a different trans, you have a different body style. One, you're getting used to a whole different feel, uh, in, I should say style of a truck. Yeah. Then factor in the 10 speed. I mean, you know, like we always talk about, we have the tuning and support for something that is still relatively new and you know like you can't go and tune one of those transes yep. you're not pulling the trans out of a truck and doing a whole built unit guys are starting to do it um, right. but it's not as you know popular as a predecessor yeah no and i mean and as these as these trucks have grown you know power output from the factory has been a big thing in torque and that's something that we've seen you know over the years with these things looking back at it now if if you had a guy that would call in on the phone and say hey you know i'm new to diesel Money isn't the option. I'll buy an old truck and revamp it to new, or I'll buy a new truck. What would be a platform that you would generally recommend someone to go towards and why? Let, let's say they're, they're hands-on, they want a tow, they want a good, fun driver. They're looking for, you know, they want their cake and eat it too, more or less. Yes. I mean, in terms of the old school in me with my LOIs, like, dude, yeah. units. But if, if, like you're saying, if money's not an option... I would say the 17 to 19 trucks, in, in my personal opinion. I mean, you get the benefits of being able to build the trains if you ever need to. Um, and you still, like, you have that, you know, it's a six-speed. You go back to the old routes. In how many trucks can you tune or just take the old, compared to the older ones, you can't tune an LOI or an LB7, LBZ, LMM, and you can't you can't make 500 horse on a tune and have it live and breathe there. Yeah. You do that on the 17 to 19. I mean, let's say just you throw the 15, 16 LMLs in there where you can change up the line pressure. You can improve the efficiency of the trans. I mean, if there's something that's going to live at 500 horse, it's going to tow, be stout, and be able to live there. Like I think the 17 to 19 trucks have that in the bag, in my opinion. No, I've I we you know we get this question all the time, right? And I would I would tend to agree. I've always liked the uh, the 15 19 body style. It's got to have the 17 plus hood though. Oh I yeah, love the got to have the scoop. Um, but the L5P platform is probably my favorite, you know, through and through. Um, but if, if we were talking older truck, like I've always been a go-to on the LOI, you know, uh, platform, just because generally speaking, you can get those trucks a little cheaper than you're going to get an LBZ for. You mm-hmm. still get some of that newer technology, like we talked in the prior episode, and you can modernize that truck. You could do oh, yeah. a six-speed. You could do a, a slightly tighter turbo for spool up, you know, different intakes, stuff like that. You know, but it's it's crazy how all of these platforms that we've gone through this have changed so much, yet there are still some similarities oh, yeah. and a lot of similarities in driving characteristics, uh, operating style of the truck as a whole. Right? No, I, w- I would totally agree. Like you're saying, the modernization of the older ones. I mean, take my truck. I know we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, when was the last time you're able to se- secure an almost rust free LOI crew cab short bed for? under 15 I, mean, yeah, I was, mean that pre-covid you know exactly yeah i mean what i put a six speed in mind built a trans put a turbo i mean it's a 600 you, horse truck but now you have a, a dubbed lbz truck at that point exactly you know? and that was there was always a lot of talk behind the scenes years ago you wanted a victory red lbz like that's what you wanted mm-hmm. instead we found a victory red loi for literally half the cost you know and Threw we a go, six speed in there and call it a day and we go drive five hours south to go you know pick the thing up and you know, it's just it's it's one of those where you can there's value in any platform. I feel it's just, you know, we get we'll get the guys that call like, oh, you know, what are the weak links here? And I just want I want the bulletproof truck. I don't want any problems. It's like, 
live in a bubble then? I don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> every platform is going to have its problems. And the, it's it's those phone calls where like I should say we come from a background where we we know the shortcomings. We know all the yeah. modifications. So when someone calls and like, oh, what truck should I get? It's like, well, I can't tell you that. Yep. It's like if you come, come to me with an RPO or I'm looking at these, yeah. I can tell you what modifications are going to make that thing great, what's going to tow good, yeah. what's going to be fun to drive essentially with any RPO. So just being able to kind of condense on what you're after, you know, anything could be where you want it to. It's just a matter of what you're after. And I think with that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of avenues to go down to making any of these trucks, you know, a little bit more on, on the reliable bulletproof side. You know, you think of even the sponsors that we have on the show, you know, Exergy Performance, they offer parts for all the different years from, you know, regulators, disaster kits, injector replacements, rails, lines, sensors, you name it. Or XDP, you know, for fuel additive stuff, they could be your one-stop shop for any of those types of things for resources and and, and parts and knowledge. Or WC Fab. I don't know anyone that talks about Duramaxes and doesn't mention WC Fab in that. Definitely one of the biggest names in the industry for, for those trucks. And then where we work, you know, I mean, we've seen all the trucks. We've ran all the different trucks through the ringer over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. If you're, you know, asking or have interest in what RPO to go with or some of those shortcomings, you know, they can always reach out over to us at the shop. You know, if uh, I, I, I can probably assure that if it's a problem, we've seen it yeah. or we've encountered it in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just uh, it's nice to have that type of knowledge and that background there. Yeah. Being able to help coach guys, too, and, you know, kind of. You know, what questions they might have is just being able to help them, right? Because, you know, with all the different RPOs, with all the different questions, everything people might have, being able to guide them, because we all know how much misinformation is out in the market space oh. with guys calling. It's like, oh, well, my buddy told me this. I was like, you better quit talking to your yeah. buddy, man. He doesn't well, know what he's just, talking to. I just went on the forum and, you know, I was I was reading all night and I came across this. And, you know, they said that if I stick a nail in my second injector on my LOI, <laughs> that that's going to, you know, make the injector fire. Should I buy a new cable or a new harness, you know, for that injector pigtail? Yes, yes. Don't drive the truck with that nail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, of misluded information out there, I unfortunately feel. And, uh, you know, there are resources, like I mentioned, you know, that guys can lean on to say, hey, I'm new to this. You know, they listen to the podcast, for example, right? Like, thank you, everyone that does listen. But there are avenues for the new upcomers to kind of lean on to say, hey, trucks are not getting cheaper. Parts to replace, you know, what's broken isn't getting any cheaper. Make the educated decision and, uh, you know. Do it right the first time. (laughs) People have spent, look at your LB7. Remember your old LB7? Oh, I remember that thing. You know, spent money on that and then you did it right the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Learn my lesson, that's for sure. What do you think the future of diesel looks like? Like, w- there's there's this talk. There's been some buzz going on as far as what the new interior looks like in the 2024 HD Chevys. Uh, you know, we've covered you know basically 23 years of platforms, being mm-hmm. 01 all the way through 23 with the L5P. We already know that the 24s are going to be different. So, what do you think is going to change, and what do you think some of those you know uh, some of those highlights are going to look like? I think physically, I mean, I think they're going to carry over the body close enough yeah. to, you know, for the next couple of years. From what I've seen, there's some teaser shots floating around yeah. the interior. I mean, I feel like every time they come up with a new RPO in these trucks, it's like we're more and more in a spaceship. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the ter- interior is always going to revamp. The screens get bigger and bigger. You know, everything is more electronically controlled. I think we're still going to, I mean, we're still going to have the roots of the 6.6 Duramax. It's going to be a stout platform. It's going to be very strong in stock form. Um, I, I mean, they're just going to keep growing with everything newer and newer, but we're still going to have what we all know and love for the Duramax platform, something strong, reliable, tow with, 
offer plenty of performance upgrades and something you can rely on. Yeah. What do you think it's going to do for ECM architecture and, and stuff like that and tuning? I, every year seems a little bit harder and harder yeah. to get into it. I mean, we're fortunate enough to work with a lot of companies who can help you know pave the way where we can get access to the ECM and offer custom calibrations for these guys. So, I mean, with anything, what I've seen over the past few years, it's going to take a little bit of time before we can get into them. So, I mean, things are going to get more and more difficult, but... I mean, we have yet to find one that we can't get into. Think it's going to be a 500 horsepower platform out of the factory? That'd be cool. I mean, I think maybe not 500 right out of the gate, but yeah. what I think the average is over 400 now. So yeah. I mean, I would see 450 okay. pretty consistently. I'd say. You think there's going to be a 12-speed trans? I mean, we're already. Might as well make a 20-speed right? at this point. Like just keep Jesus. it clicking. What do you What do you think, Chris? Let me ask you that. I think that they're going to hold on the 10-speed for a while. Uh, I do believe that 24 will be, if not a new engine, it's going to be a new ECM. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be some changes there. I think that there is going to be the race to 500 horsepower. Um, it's just naturally kind of behind the scenes with some of the Ford upgrades over the last couple of years that we've seen in the 20 verse 21 verse 22. Um, I think 2024, you're going to see that 500 horsepower out of the gate. Okay. Um, GM, I'll be honest, like the interior was <laughs> a long thing coming, man, because yeah. I'm not a fan of the 20 to, you know, 24, uh, 23 stuff. So, um, you know, some of the spy shots and snapshots that I've seen of the 24 stuff, it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah it's I, about damn time, I, I like right? That. Yeah, that looks real nice. <laughs> it does look sharp. But, um, you know, I, I think I think what I'm most excited on once that platform comes out is you're going to have this rush of new trucks and you're going to see repurposed new owners of the 17 to 19 era and new repurposed owners in the 20 to 23 era. Um, and since these trucks are still new, like we've seen some higher mileage trucks come in, come in and out of the shop. But I think the next wave of platforms is going to give a lot of us in the aftermarket a new opportunity to, you know, kind of revisit some of those platforms, see what those shortcomings are. You know, if someone were to call in with an LBZ or an LOI truck, like we know how to diagnose those issues. We've seen something or, uh, you know, either that specific or something similar, um, a lot of what you have in, in the L5P space in, is, is a little bit more uncertain. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think as more of those trucks start to get some miles, new owners take on those trucks, some of those issues start to kind of surface. We're going to kind of be a little bit more honed in on what, what that platform is truly capable of. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, more miles, the more scenarios you're going to run into. Yeah. I mean, it took time for the older trucks to develop, hey, oh, this is what you got going on. Double 87 under a load, right? Exactly. With injectors and stuff like that. So. 735, I'm sure, took how long before someone's like, oh, <laughs> shit, the trans is slipping. you got to build it. So, <laughs> I mean, we, we're slowly seeing that stuff. I mean, we did a Nick did a nice video on the uh, L5P, the in injector harness, I believe, injector yeah. number four. Um, so, I mean, that's something, you know, Two, two, three years ago, guys were. That wasn't a thing. Yeah, no. guys weren't seeing that. No. I think the first time we saw it, truck had two already had two hundred thousand rounds mm -hmm. on it, or something, something high up there. So we're going to start seeing that stuff slowly but surely, like you're saying, the repurposed owners. We're going to see different things, and then that's going to help grow the aftermarket yeah. as well. Very good. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening. This was Chris, and this is Anthony. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Especially if guys mint are calling body it, mod. Oh, mint body mod. <laughs>